Welcome to the CanMed Coffee Talk podcast, where we talk with the leading minds in cannabis science, medicine, cultivation, and safety testing. I am your host, Ben Amaralt. I am the marketing manager at Medicinal Genomics and proud member of the team that puts on the CanMed conference. Well, happy new year, everyone. I hope that your 2024 is off to a good start. We have certainly been busy here at CanMed putting together the program for CanMed 24. Right now, we are in the process of notifying our oral presenters and confirming their participation in this year's event. So stay tuned for that announcement. It should be coming out very soon, within the next few weeks. But one part of the CAMED 24 event that has already been announced is the Capital Markets Workshop. This will be the second year that we have had the workshop after it received raved reviews last year. Once again, Golden Eagle Partners will lead this three-hour workshop, which will cover the hurdles, issues, and concepts around funding cannabinoid and cannabis innovation from a global perspective. And our guest this episode is David Trailer, who is the Senior Managing Director at Golden Eagle Partners and organizer of the Capital Markets Workshop. After advising on various transactions in the life science sector, David took an interest in the cannabis sector and started advising cannabis companies before eventually refounding Golden Eagle Partners in 2014 to focus on advising companies across the cannabis sector. Before Golden Eagle Partners, David served at leading investment banking firms, including Pacific Growth Equities, Karis & Company, and Headwaters MB. During his banking tenures, he has advised private and public biotechnology and medical device companies in various transactions, including IPOs, public offerings, private offerings, mergers and acquisitions, totaling over $500 million in value. During our conversation, we discuss what attendees can expect from the Capital Markets Workshop, redefining cannabis nomenclature, the likelihood the DEA will reschedule cannabis this year, pharma's growing interest in the cannabis-derived compounds, and challenges cannabis innovators face when raising capital. Before we get to my interview with David, I want to thank this episode's sponsor, Golden Eagle Partners. Golden Eagle Partners are transactional experts specializing in mergers, acquisitions, reverse mergers, financings, and incremental transactions such as licensing, joint ventures, and co-development arrangements. They have combined experience in the early stages of cannabis and life science sectors, which allows them to confidently close strategic and financing transactions that match the near and long-term goals of their clients. Learn more at goldeneaglepartners.com. All right, and without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with David Trailer. Good morning, David. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Good morning, Ben. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. Uh, well, we so are. So far. What's that? <laughs> so far. So far. You know, <laughs> we got this far. Well, we are excited to have you on the podcast and excited to have you and Golden Eagle Partners back for CanMed 24, leading the Capital Markets Workshop. 
Uh, it's a half-day affair where we talk every about everything involved in investing in cannabinoid innovation. Uh, we had a great response last year. I think people got a lot of great value out of it. So I think everyone's really excited to have you back again for CanMed24. So before we kind of dive into what folks can expect at the Capital Markets Workshop, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of talk a bit about your background and why you're excited to join us at CanMed. Sure. Thanks, Ben. And uh, I think the one thing to start off with is, yeah, we've been, one of our things is we've just been lucky uh, to be where we're at because it's hard to predict where cannabis is going. Uh, and again, I can talk here in a sec about how we consider cannabis and break that down. Uh, but the reason why I say we're lucky because, you know, last year we, we jumped into the, you know, organizing the capital markets workshop. It was the first time you guys had done it. Uh, we thought it was important to, uh, you know, uh, to compete effectively with our other, you know, big, larger investment banks. And we thought that was an important event to be a part of. And so my background just fits well into that. I have two undergrad degrees in science, got into biotech, 15 years of operational experience in biotech companies, and then uh, jumped into investment banking in 2005 uh, and did biotech deals in San Francisco, Ben, and then came back to Colorado, where I'm from in 2009. I was leading the life science group, a group called Headwaters, and found Golden Eagle Partners in 2012. And that's when Colorado and Washington legalized adult use, right? So uh, we looked at it and we consider cannabis to be very similar to biotech. And that's why we jumped in. And so we've done a number of deals, 27, 28 deals, I think, in the space. Uh, we've had cannabis clients on six of the seven continents. Uh, we've been doing it 10 years, actually, come uh, last over 10 years. Uh, we got into it December 2013, but we've also been doing it uh, eight years come this month. Our first Israeli client was January 2016. So uh, certainly we are the first investment bank in the U.S. to do cannabis. And again, we're lucky to be where we're at because the industry is just kind of moving towards kind of the science mm. and the biotech. And that's why we want to be a part of CanMed last year. Excellent. No, and you mentioned that sort of cannabis seemed like a natural fit coming from biotech. Explain a bit about you know what what the similarities are there. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's some similarities, some not, but th this also gets to what we uh, just mentioned to you uh, before we joined on this, Ben. That you know we uh, coming from a you know having a biochemistry background. One of the things that you learn when you're in chemistry class that they've started, I think, in the late 1800s to come up with a consistent nomenclature with all these weird molecules, yeah. and. Uh, and this gets also to the DA rescheduling issue. But before we go there, I mean, that's one thing we wanted to kind of make it more better, more consistent nomenclature. And so we believe instead of saying marijuana is cannabis or cannabis is marijuana and, and you know, can cannabinoids, cannabinoids, you know, potato, potato, it's been kind of a mess over the last 15 years. Yeah. Uh, we believe cannabis, you know, it, it is a genus. And so we break it down pretty easily to two sectors, THC plus, which is, you know, Delta 8, Delta 9, Delta 10, THCA, THCV, and then you have the THC minus, which is a lot of people call hemp, right? Which, you know, you have the molecular side and then you have the industrial side. And then you can have, you know, the molecular side is flavonoids, terpenes. So you can really kind of, uh, if you really look at the cannabis plant, you know, flavonoids aren't in aren't just in cannabis and in other plants. But I think if you set the table that way, it makes discussions uh, much more simplistic. But, you know, looking at the, as I mentioned in the very beginning, 
we saw this uh, cannabis is very similar to biotech. And if you really break it down, at least we, where we saw it in 2012, 2013, is that, you know, cannabis was is highly regulated. It's a biological supply chain. And when you get down to it, uh, you know, it is a drug. Mm -hmm. Right. So that in itself, I think, is is uh, kind of the more most simple simple fact about. It. But I think getting into the other thing that we see the importance of, you know, certainly CAMAT and, and biotech in 2024 is the fact that we, we think that we what we have been is the uh, this what we call the three spokes is you have all these amazing molecules, as we mentioned, a lot of these different molecules emanating from the cannabis plant. You have mm -hmm. a lot of these indications or diseases that need better treatments. Yep. And then you have each individual has kind of a different genetic makeup or they metabolize things differently. And that itself in, in the whole thing, scheme of things, is a is a big experiment. There's a lot of experiments, right? And right. so our, our whole goal is to help companies. We're investment bankers, right? So our goal is to help really good companies that are trying to find solutions to, to provide data to solve that big puzzle uh, and find them very good capital. So that kind of breaks it down what we do and why we think cannabis and biotech are similar. Yeah, excellent. No, and it's a great point that you make. There are so many different compounds that are, have potential for so many different indications. And then on top of that, you have the whole idea of the entourage effect where there is multiple different compounds working to kind of service those those targets too so yeah it is it's a big project and it's going to take a, a lot of a lot of smart people which is why we try to bring them together at canmed exactly no that's uh, and that's why i wanted to be involved right excellent now so let's talk a bit about the capital markets workshop and kind of what you what you have planned there so what can attendees expect uh from the workshop oh uh, not much it's going to be the same <laughs> no <laughs> it's uh no, uh, well, it, it's uh, what we're trying to do is, well, the, the the well, let's get back to the real genesis. As I remember when I was talking to Brendan and heard about CAMED for the first time and thought, well, you know, it'd be good for to be a part of that for the, all the reasons we just talked about. But, you know, in the previous incarnations, you know, CAMED was really all about science, which it should be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the other thing is if you practice, you know, and look in science and biotech, you realize that, you know, it's innovation's not cheap. It's expensive. Right. So capital is always a big part of this. And since innovation is now becoming more important part of cannabis, you know, we, you know, that was probably finally included in the agenda last year. Uh, we were lucky enough to beat out Cowan and Stiefel to be the, the main sponsor of the event last year. And that's like, you know, last year we essentially did the first event and, you know, the cool thing about it was we pretty much put the whole program together. We had nine panels. Uh, we essentially tried our best to put the best and brightest, but also went men, women, including more women, because uh, they're not, frankly, included enough in a lot of these panels, whether it's science-based or not in cannabis. And so the original idea was to kind of come together with a lot of the, the topics that are important. And again, going back to biotech, Ben, trying to kind of replicate and say, okay, what are some of the issues that have been important that I've, I've known about since being a part of the biotech community back in late eight, uh, 1980s? And so that includes IP, you know, innovation, uh, development, kind of looking at the past, where we've been, where we're going to go, you know, talking about molecules, 
so that was kind of the way we set the table. And this year, you know, the interesting thing about CAMMED is that you guys have done such a nice job with the event that there's a lot of great topics going on at different times or at the same time. So, you know, we've cut down the, the workshop to six presentations and they're a little short this year, but it's, it's meant to allow people to go cross fertilize a lot of different topics, which you guys are doing. Uh, and so what we're going to do is we have six topics. They're going to be a little different. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think we're going to still include like last year and this year, we're going to still have a, a topic on cultivation or production, what we call alternative production methods. You know, whether you're looking at phyto sources or non phyto sources, some mm. people call it, uh, um, uh, synergistic uh, compounds or synthetics. We don't really like that uh, nomenclature, but then also another one that we talked about last year, another topic we had, which we're going to replicate this year is intellectual property. That's going to continue yeah. to be a big part of the industry. And so I think, you know, and, and by the, by the way, for everybody listening, I mean, the, the, the prop, probably the best part about CanMed is the property that you guys put it on. Yeah. Marco Island. The event is is amazing. The beach is the long, the widest, longest beach we've ever seen, or I've ever seen. It's white, awesome. And white sand too. The white sand, uh, and you guys also provide enough time for people to to meet and greet. And so that's you know, to be frank, you know, we're we're looking at you know, we sponsored. We were the lead sponsor uh, last year of what we believe the most important events in cannabis globally were. Uh, one was Benzinga, Miami. Uh, another was uh, ICBC and the GIF in Berlin, and then also CanMed. And uh, right now, we've we certainly already committed. We'd like to replicate the same thing with Benzinga and ICBC, but we've certainly already signed up uh, for CanMed just because I think it's it's kind of a part of the future of where cannabis is going. Absolutely. And we appreciate that. And you're right. This was last year was the first year that we included sort of the investment angle. But you're you're absolutely right that it's it's essential because research is not cheap. And for folks who are doing research into cannabinoids, the sources of funding are somewhat limited. Right. Because a lot of it being because of the scheduling of cannabis where, you know, you can't get government grants or anything to do research because it's a schedule one drug. So that is a nice little segue into one of the topics that um, it's really at the top of a lot of people's minds as we move into 2024 is this whole idea of the possibility of the DEA rescheduling cannabis from a schedule one drug to a schedule three. Um, I was interested to get your thoughts on that. Um, if you think that's going to happen when, Maybe you think that's going to happen, and what does that really mean for investment in the uh, in the industry? Well, I mean, first off, to say I think most people agree out there that there's no crystal ball for cannabis. Uh, it's really a hard industry to predict. But that being said, I was looking through some old emails over the holiday, Ben, and pulled up uh, some material that we've been asked to put together for an IC3 event, which is. Many people in the know or not in the know, but they've been around the block in this industry. This was in New York in twenty October 2018. And uh, Al Foreman was part of this uh, piece of paper uh, that was put together. A number of us were asked to kind of provide our predictions. Tom Zuber, uh, Vika Desai, a number of people. And one of the things that we came out with looking at is trying to predict in five years what the sector is going to look like. And one of the first things we started off with was how many medical states 
are there going to be in five years? <clears throat> and we did some simple math, but we essentially said that there are going to be 40 states and, and D.C. that are legal. And frankly speaking, if you look back at it right now, and that was October 2018, five years ago, uh, we hit the nail on the head, frankly. And so, not again, there's no crystal ball, but the other thing that we like to do at Golden Eagle Partners is we're very quantitative. Again, I have a degree in biochemistry and degree in molecular biology. Luckily, I have three patents, U.S. patents to my name. So we're very analytical and quantitative. And so you, many of you may have seen uh, the piece that we put out on LinkedIn mid-December on trying to actually apply some of the data that the DEA, you know, we looked at the how many uh, compounds had been scheduled, rescheduled, or descheduled in the last five years. And it was actually, the answer was 41. And when, then we looked at, you know, applied, when do those actually happen? What quarter of uh, each calendar year from 2018 on? And uh, and then we applied that analysis to when we may might think what this might happen. And, you know, again, it's hard to predict, but, you know, come of our analysis, we thought, you know, there's a 10% chance that, uh, that it won't even be... Uh, schedule uh schedule three it might be a schedule two uh but then if it's a schedule three then you know when might that happen what our thought was you know there's probably 25 percent chance that if they reschedule to schedule three it might not even happen before the election so that means uh, and again this is just kind of applying some trying to sense to it and i think everybody would agree listening to this that there's not a hundred percent chance that the da is going to reschedule this yeah uh before the election uh, but that being said, out of the 75% chance, we applied that to the data that we saw and when these events happen, when the DA announces he's in the Federal Register and our analysis came up with the best chances in Q2 that it'll be uh, rescheduled, 41% uh, chance that it'll happen in Q2. Now, we've also heard people thinking that the DA is going to announce a rescheduling of cannabis on April uh, you know, 20th, 420, but I can't imagine that the the DA is going to play to the, right. the cannabis sector. As a matter of fact, one of the points we don't think they're going to play to the cannabis sector, and that's one thing that during the Benzinga podcast with Hunter Land, you know, our thought is it's probably not going to happen before the election. But really? one of the data points, you know, that not many people saw is, I think it was December 12th, just uh, less than a month ago, the DA announced uh, adding another six compounds to Schedule 1, and these are cannabis memetics. Now they're they're not naturally occurring cannabinoids, and they're not even cannabinoids or cannabis mimetics, but mimetics, but they do hit the CB1, CB2 receptor. And you know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of imagination to assume that the DA was thumbing their nose at the cannabis sector by throwing these. And essentially, again, to be clear, clear, Ben, it's a the DA put these six compounds on a temporary or preliminary schedule one, and after a year, if they their findings come to fruition, they will then keep it on or take it off schedule one. My guess is though that most people don't realize that there are 43 cannabis or cannabis mimetic cannabinoid associated compounds on schedule one right now. Hmm. And yeah. so now let's add to the 43 to the six. So now there's 49, 43 was the number before December. Uh, and now there's 49. The other thing that's so screwed up about this whole thing that we we want to make it really important is that there's over 500 compounds that are scheduled uh, by the DEA on Schedule 1 through 5. Mm. And of those, 
there's only one of those is not a compound that's cannabis cannabis is not a compound cannabis is a plant it's a genus as we mentioned so this whole thing about trying to apply analysis and logic to what the da is going to do this is really hard to do because again the whole the whole logic behind this again if you're applying the, the biochemistry perspective on this cannabis is not a compound it's a collection of 500 plus compounds or more right. than that probably right yeah. And so having them reschedule or deschedule cannabis as itself, you know, it's ridiculous. So, sorry, that was a long-winded explanation to a... No, but it, it's interesting point. and you bring up a good point and one I wasn't aware of about the uh, cannabis memetics that are on Schedule 1. But so allow me to play the optimist. And if if the DEA, if the DEA were to... Q2. What's that? Q2. But no, go ahead. If the DEA were to reschedule cannabis from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, but keep those memetics on Schedule 1, would that be potentially a positive for those of us who are, uh, you know, rooting for the cannabis-derived yep. compounds? Because there'll be three, and the kind of synthetic ones, I know you don't like that term, but those will be yeah. sort of more on the Schedule 1. Well, and that's a nuanced question, too. Uh it's, you know, a lot of, well, the easy answer is absolutely with 280E. Now, the assumption, too, is if they reschedule from one to three, that that requires that the IRS uh, then get rid of 280E. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people don't understand that where 280E came from, but we don't probably need to get into that. But it was a drug dealer that got busted in the uh, early 80s when Reagan was a president. Mm. And they just said no to drugs, but the drug dealer got away with a bunch of money because he you know was fast with his tax returns etc so they wanted to stop that but yeah i think uh the easy answer is yeah if you get rescheduled to three now if it goes to two the way 280 set up it doesn't do anything but if it does go to schedule three it's, it should be a huge help for any plant touching uh company that touches you know thc plus as we call it uh in the u.s because it should uh, dramatically help their margins the problem with that too, though, Ben, is that a lot of these companies that we know since we've got in, been in it so long have rolled up some pretty significant tax liabilities. So even if 280E does get rolled back, you know, I can guarantee you, and I've had to go to the IRS tax court uh, on, on, on a thing before, they're not going to just immediately say, oh, you know, uh, they're going to forgive all the back taxes. They're right. going to still require those so 280 is going to be an interesting thing but you know to be frank though you know that's not a big part of canmen i mean the 280 and a lot of these companies i mean the the one thing we want to bring up too is the re, and the importance of biotech in in cannabis is is incredibly important because in especially going into 2024 because a lot of people don't know about switzerland so switzerland we believe is right now at the forefront of adult use so we're just talking about adult use and 280 and all that stuff Let's mm -hmm. go to Switzerland. So Switzerland is essentially uh, is a has a program they rolled out just last year, just about a year ago this year. That's essentially adult use, but it's very limited. But it's being tracked very effectively. Uh, it's being followed by the International Narcotics Control Board, which is part of the Single Convention of sixty one. The FOPH, which is the Federal Office of Public Health in Switzerland, is on board tracking this. So what they want to do is have people use this drug uh, or, you know, cannabis recreationally adult use, 
but then also track it over two years to make sure that there's not any adverse effects or anything, which mm -hmm. we know there's really not going to be. And we think that applied like biotech, really stringent following of the adult use market is going to be one of the only ways we get adult use to break out of this kind of mess of overregulation by the IRS, overregulation by the UN, overregulation by the U EU, overregulation by almost every regulatory. I mean, in Colorado, the MED still ta overtaxes things. So we think science and biotech need to be applied to not only adult use, to, but to the medical side to, to dispel a lot of the stigma that still stands in the way of this amazing plant. Yeah. No, and that's a, a great point, kind of talking about the distinction between medical and adult use. And folks I've talked to before about, you know, if and when ever we get federal legalization, the thought is that it will be medical first before that before it's adult use. And, you know, do you kind of see the, the same, see it happening the same way, that that's I sort of the, the first way to do it? Frankly, I, you know what, I don't care. I mean... You know, I, Matt Doherty, who works with me at, at GP, thinks that, you know, if we would, the industry would have put more emphasis on the medical side, yeah. then, then we would not be where we're at. I uh, can't disagree with that. But, you know, I think we're a global firm. And what we're trying to do is, you know, see how regulators can open up things. I mean, the, like CBD in Australia has been overregulated. I won't go into the full details, but, uh, you know, globally... You know, we're seeing it kind of, you know, uh, come out of its shell. But the problem is, too, and we mentioned this when I was in Davos in 2020 before the during the World Economic Forum, before the pandemic hit, is that there's uh, three things we learned in North America that might apply to Europe. And one of them is that geographies almost always roll out a lot slower than you expect them. I mean, if you look at Germany, you know, they were expecting a year ago that, hey, we're really talking about adult use. And then it continued to get stalled and stalled. And then they thought it might be really going gangbusters by now here, January 2024. And just in December last year, that got stalled off. And again, we're talking about adult use. Yeah. But again, I think let's get back to the main point about CanMed. It's about applying technology and biotech to this amazing plant, these compounds to find out which compounds do which things. And if we can apply more really good data behind all these different compounds that are coming out, then it will help us dispel a lot of the stigma. And that and that is what we need to do to get the regulators stop over-regulating to people, have people, new adopters adopt. Uh, and for example, there's a lot of compounds that I haven't used yet that I think that could be good for me, but it's hard to know which compounds out of canna cannabis compounds or cannabinoids are good for which things. I don't even know that, right? Yeah. No, and there's a lot of them in that. I know that we're going to have a number of, of talks this year that are talking about flavonoids. So not not even cannabinoids or terpenes, but but flavonoids. So, you know, the the number of different compounds that ha are showing potential, it just seems to be growing and growing every year. Yeah. Well, the other thing to talk about 2024 and, and CAMA that will be interesting is that, you know, we're going to be Golden Eagle Partners. I'm going to be a J.P. Morgan next week and JP Morgan has become the de facto leading conference in the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, last night I had a late night call with a leading generics company out of India and they're 
head of uh, global uh, innovation is going to be in San Francisco, and hopefully we'll have a call or a meeting with them. Uh, I used to be an investment banker in biotech in San Francisco, as I mentioned, and it was the biggest week of the year. You know, when we're talking not just biotech, I mean, we're talking Pfizer, we're talking McKesson, we're talking mm. large and small in biotech. And it's always been an interesting read of how people see biotech. But I think for us, it's going to be really interesting because we haven't been there. I haven't been uh, to J.P. Morgan since I got into cannabis. And it'll be interesting to see what the, the scuttlebutt is because, you know, we do have meetings with some of the leading pharma companies. Uh, we have two clients that are going to be there. One client is out of Australia that's trying to complete a phase three clinical trial CBD. And another one's out of Canada that's trying to start a phase one and do preclinical with uh, treating PTSD with psilocybin and eugenol. So again, this is this also, and we've been in psychedelics for three years too, Ben. Just we we can't cover all this in thirty minutes, but again, the psych the psychedelic sector is the same. It's the same. It's it's same and not. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of differences between the sectors, but the whole idea of trying to apply data and really good high fidelity data to psychedelics to find out which compounds can do which things for which people, is is this is the same same issue that we need to overcome, I believe. Yeah, for sure. No, and so you mentioned pharma. So is there a a growing interest in in cannabis from the pharma folks? Uh, well, I mean, you know, one thing that people don't appreciate is the fact that Pfizer and a Abbott Labs did quite a bit of work uh, back in the day, and I even think Roche did too, in the 80s, uh, 70s and 80s, uh, and then they stopped. And so I, I know these pharma companies are looking at it, I think one of the big questions with pharma has been the fact that a lot of these compounds don't have composition and matter coverage, which is usually a de facto requirement by uh, by pharma to 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 do that to to find uh, you know to they need that to to support the drug development of a drug. Okay. I'm sorry, what is that? Oh, sorry. So composition and matter coverage. So when you have patents, you know mainly that you can break it down to a method of use or a composition of matter. And so method of use is like a molecule and say, okay, well, I'll use this molecule for asthma. And that coverage can be tough because, you know, kind of uh, going after and uh, litigating somebody on how they use it is tougher than saying, okay, we have this molecule, we have composition matter coverage, which means the, yeah. the makeup of this molecule is covered under patents. So it's a much uh, more clear, much more uh, tougher thing to get around although some people have been able to get around stuff like that in the past uh but you know it's it's anybody's guess i mean that's why we're going to jp morgan ben is that you know it's it's hard to uh you know it's hard to predict i mean we we talked to one of the leading uh large pharma vc firms uh earlier this year less than six months ago and uh i've known her for 20 years before i got into cannabis and i asked her you know or them, you know, what they, about cannabis. And they're said, they essentially said still no. And they said, well, we don't have a stated interest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and that's, I'm sure that's not just that company. It's a lot of these companies that they, they, uh, a lot of these pharma companies are always looking at innovation mm -hmm. and they're always need to look at new areas uh, to attack and to make money. Uh, a lot of people don't like to hear that come from cannabis because a lot of people uh, from cannabis are, um, you know, or a purist, and I get that. And as you mentioned, you have the entourage effect. 
Mm -hmm. uh, then you have the big the big cannabis play too. Uh, I think what we're still trying to do though is help the small companies and the private companies come up with the appropriate data or the business plan or you know like for us you know we're not built on data Golden Eagle Partners we want to build a firm too that that can't be uh, run over by a Goldman Sachs or Merrill Lynch. Uh, we think we've maybe been able to achieve that with the relationships we have globally and the expertise we have going back to the 80s. But that's no guarantee that we're not going to get run over by Goldman when things maybe roll back. And that's the right. same thing with any small company in cannabis doing science or otherwise adult use or medical. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I guess kind of to tie it back, all back to the uh, the workshop here. So is that really sort of who you're tailoring this this content for is sort of the the small company who is is starting up and is looking into some of these novel compounds and, and they're looking for funding, they can come to the workshop and kind of learn some best practices to the best way to, to get some funding. No, actually, it's meant to go across the spectrum. It's meant to reach out to biotech companies. It's meant to reach out to pharma companies. It's meant to reach out to small companies. It's meant to reach out to P&G you know, companies that are not biotech or pharma oriented, they're out on the outside looking in. Because what we've all been about, GP, Golden Eagle Partners, has always been about, Ben, is, is help providing, you know, trying to find the best capital for the best companies, whether it's inside or outside of cannabis. Mm -hmm. And that also means to be the purveyor of objective information to a lot of these companies that are on the outside looking in that don't understand the sector. And frankly, we understand it better than a lot of people. And and frankly speaking, whether it's a big company or small company and they want to get into cannabis, the smartest thing that they could do is come to Golden Eagle Partners and say, what should we do? Instead of trying to go in there and throw a lot of money at it and lose it, because I can guarantee you one thing that's for sure in cannabis, there's been a lot of money lost by people that have been too arrogant and with too little arrogance and too much, too, uh, too much arrogance and too little humility. It's a fact. So if, if companies want to understand the cannabis sector better, especially where the science is going, then yeah, they would be prudent to show up at uh, the capital markets workshop. Excellent. Well, I think that's a, that's a good place to stop. But before I let you go, David, I want to give you a chance to um, plug any resources or websites or anything that you think might be um, relevant to the folks who are listening who want to learn more about what it is you you do or want to learn more about what they can expect from the Capital Markets Workshop? Uh, thanks, Ben. No, well, I think if they want to learn more about the, the Capital Markets Workshop, they can certainly go to the KMED uh, 2024 website. They can come to www.goldeneaglepartners.com. They can certainly look me up on LinkedIn. David Trailer. it's, uh, uh, you know, you can look me up on a number of uh, different platforms, but LinkedIn is mainly what we use. Uh, we were always interested in taking the time to uh, connect with people. As we mentioned, we had a good conversation last night to a, a global generics company that, you know, is it looking for ways to get smarter? And that's what we try to do. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to put links to that LinkedIn post that you had talked about talking about rescheduling um, and the podcast that you mentioned you did with Hunter Land. I'd love to put that in the show description so people can uh, find that and listen to those. Sure. That'd be great. That All right. But thanks for your time, Ben. Thanks yeah, you too. And can't wait to see you down in Florida. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Unfortunately, it's uh, a few months out. Too bad it's not next week. <laughs> it, it, it'll be here before we know it. No doubt.
All right. Thanks for your time. All right. Happy New Year. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with David Trailer. Check out the links in the show description to learn more about the topics we discussed. And thanks again to this episode sponsor, Golden Eagle Partners. Our next episode drops January 24th. That's two weeks from today. In the meantime, go to CanMedEvents.com now to learn all about the latest information around the CanMed24 Innovation and Investment Summit. While you're there, please sign up for email alerts. We will be announcing our full speaker lineup within the next two weeks. And if you sign up for email alerts, you'll get that right in your inbox. I also invite you to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for KMED Events. And lastly, we appreciate it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you use to consume us. All right, until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and be sure to join us for the next Canday Coffee Talk.